0: This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
1: All eyes were on the NBA last night. What would KD look like in his debut with the Suns? Well, questions were answered and definitive statements were made. And to me, it's now a definitive statement that the Suns are headed to the NBA Finals. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. We will get back to your calls. Triple say ESPN. Lamar Jackson has everybody fired up on the phone lines. And I promise you, we will get your calls in. We will let you guys continue to take over the show, especially on the heels of some of the tension and controversy that has been raised today at the Combine in Indy. You got players clapping back. It's all sorts of drama. It's what we love. It's all sorts of drama. But we had drama, Harry, last night in the NBA in the form of Kevin Durant making his son's debut. 23 points in 27 minutes. And here's the thing. I keep saying this. I was excited. I was watching the game last night and I was genuinely sitting there like this isn't for show. I was sitting there last night as I watched this game thinking, I can't wait to talk to Harry about this because there's one thing that kept hitting me. I'm watching this and I'm watching a bunch of athletes play together and I'm watching joy. And when you've got a team that just on paper looks this talented, but then they're out there having this much fun while they're playing, all I kept thinking is what's it like when you're an athlete and suddenly you step on the court and you realize, man, we got KD. Because there was a joy to the way the Suns went through the process that made me think immediately it just has to hit different.
2: And for me, Fitz, that happened to me when I was with the Atlanta Falcons. And after my first year, we brought in Tony Gonzalez. You talk about the building lighting up from players at the time, front, front office executives, coaching staff. Everyone was excited to get Tony Gonzalez because of the great player that he was at the time. And I was able to share some some remarkable years with Tony and also learned a lot from him as well. But it happened to me not only once, but twice. It happened, happened to us with Devin Hester. Devin Hester was on his visit with the Atlanta Falcons. And me and Roddy, I remember, were in the weight room. And we were petitioning to, to, to Hess why he should come to Atlanta. So when he signed with the Falcons, we were talking about, man, how we're going to go four wide and Matt Ryan get to pick his matchups and there's no way a defense could be right. In the first game of the year, I think all of us had over 50 or 60 yards against the Saints, and we beat them. Like it was a it was a four wide show. And we were just loving it, man. But some injuries that year, you know, hit us. We, we hit the injury bug. But it was a great feeling twice in my career. So I could only imagine what the Phoenix Suns and company were able to feel yesterday when Kevin Durant was on that basketball court. Because not only did he show up and show out, he was efficient. And he wasn't the only one efficient. He had 23 points but shot 66% from the field. Devin Booker had 37 points and shot 57% from the field. DeAndre Ayton. rebounds. He shot 70% from the field. So now it's a ripple effect. Everyone's getting easy buckets, easy money. There's a reason why they call him the easy money sniper. Kevin Durant is that guy. He is the human cheat code.
1: I keep thinking about Aiton. Because you and I have talked a lot about Aiden. I don't think anybody on ESPN Radio over the last week has mentioned DeAndre Aiden more than this show. But it's because I keep thinking about the finals run a couple of years ago and efficiency. Efficiency was where it was at for DeAndre Aiden. He was doing a lot in a little number of attempts, right? And when you have that level of efficiency and unstoppability, that's what made him a max contract player. I mean, there are some other questions about his game and what he's capable of that made that a little bit uh, of a difficult decision for the Suns. But for me, part of what I was looking for here was what version of Aiton would we get? We thought yesterday we might have to see Aiden make some sacrifice. Instead, we got what uh, the other side of it. Aiton got better matchups. He got easier paths in front of him. Like Aiden's ability to be that efficient in this first game shows you that his job every night is going to be easier. You're taking four guys that all can beat you, and so... I'm watching the Suns last night just thinking about the greatness of knowing that you're going to be able to put up different combos of this at any time, depending on somebody needs a breather, somebody's gassed, no worries. Somebody's in foul trouble, no worries. We can create different combos out of all of this that will create different mismatches. A team wants to come in and take away the one thing they think you do well? Well, you just shift to which offensive guy you want to be a bigger focus that night. The Suns are the, the trigger word we use in the NFL all the time. They're variable. They can beat you a lot of ways. And that, to me, is dangerous when you get into playoff basketball. In a series, uh, after one, two games, if it's not working, you just mix it up if you're the Suns. You can't do that for most other teams.
2: Yeah, and I will say this. Uh, Originally, I thought that DeAndre Ayton was going to have to sacrifice. And, you know, it may be some nights that he had the offensive woes. But now that I look at it and watching the game last night, I think it's going to be Chris Paul. And Chris Paul is that natural point guard Chris Paul had 11 assists last night, only two points, shot one for eight. But he was able to get the ball to guys in their spots, right? DeAndre Ayton, pick and roll game. That can be solid. Devin Booker coming off screens. Kevin Durant giving him the ball in places that he likes it. So so now Chris Paul game offensively may thumb down a little bit from a scoring perspective, but when you have two – guys that shoot the basketball from anywhere on the court like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, but also you have that pick-and-roll guy, DeAndre Ayton, that you can take advantage of because you have those two guys on the wing, and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. He's going to get easier buckets. So now Chris Paul is going to still look for his offense, but it doesn't have to be as aggressive as it has been in the
1: past. You know why I think that's a good thing, though? Because there's nobody on this team that wants a championship more than Chris more than Paul. What Chris
2: Paul. That's right.
1: If you're Chris Paul, you walked into the room from the outset and you said, you know what, I don't care, y'all. Whatever you need me to do, I just want the trophy. Like that is that's real for somebody like Chris Paul. He's made that clear in his career. We've made that clear in our conversations about him. Like if you if there's anybody that needs to take take a step back, a younger player might be resistant to it. A player that feels like they're they're set to be the next superstar of the league might be resistant to it. A guy like Chris Paul that's been around forever that right now knows the one thing that he hasn't accomplished is that chip.
2: Ooh, ooh I'm gonna take it a step further. You talk about a guy in Chris Paul where. You know, the Rockets should have won that series versus the Warriors, but Chris Paul had the hamstring, had the injury that, you know, kind of plagued them. Also, Chris Paul got to the NBA Finals recently. 2-0 game, 2-0 lead on on the Milwaukee Bucks, but they came out on the losing end of that. He's been this close to success from a championship level, but he hasn't got over that hump. This move for the Phoenix Suns will help Chris Paul get over that hump if they get to that moment.
1: Uh, I, I, From my understanding, we have Peyton in South Carolina on the phone. We have to get Peyton in. Peyton, thanks for calling Fitz and Harry. Peyton, what do you got?
3: I just want to say, hey, KD, you got to get off that court. You're way too good.
0: I just need the mellow, Okay.
1: <laughs> Peyton, thanks for calling the show, buddy. Like, like uh, look, I, I heard Peyton was on and wanted KD off the court. I think a lot of fans by the end of the year are going to feel that way. By the way, Peyton, like, I, I feel your pain. I think a lot of NBA fans by the end of the year going to feel that way, Harry. Plus, you know, how, how cute was that we had to get Peyton in on the, on the yeah, call? Yeah,
2: of course, man. I, if you're with your kids and you want to call in and let your kids chime in, we're all for that. It's, this is a show for everyone, right? Not just adults. It's for kids as well.
1: I think there was an interesting moment, a very honest, moment, a real moment from Kevin Durant at the press conference afterwards when he talks specifically about something that is real for players like this and it's the pressure he feels right now in this moment every day.
3: New environment, new situation, new teammates. I mean, I always feel like I got to prove myself to my teammates and my coaches every day, no matter what I've done in the league. So I feel like it's pressure on me to be who I am every day. And I put that on me internally, you know. So sometimes it's a balance, though, because I might go think too much about a situation and throw myself off. So I feel like it's all healthy, though, man. I got good intentions, and I want to do well out there. And So I'm just trying to get comfortable.
2: You understand where he's coming from. I, I truly do, because – does Kevin Durant care about, you know, even though he may clap back on Twitter and social media or whatnot, does he care about uh, deeply what other people think and his persona and, and what he is and where he ranks? No, he doesn't. Do you, do you remember, this guy won two NBA championships and he was the finals MVP both times. But when you go to a new team, I do understand how, you know what, even though my teammates know may know what I did before I got here, I want to prove to them that I can do it with them and win in in their vicinity, right when he went to the Golden State Warriors, he wanted to prove to Steph, Clay, Draymond, that there was a reason why he was there, and he did that when he went to the Brooklyn Nets, even though they didn't have the team success. Where I'm not putting anything on KD's shoulder because I know KD gave everything that he that he had in the tank. Same thing when he was in Oklahoma City. Now he's with the Phoenix Suns. He wants to show the front office that they made the best damn move that they can make, especially with the owner just now, you know, getting the team and being there. Also, he wants to prove to his teammates that this was the right move and his coaching staff. He doesn't want to let those guys down, so I understand it.
1: For me, it hit me so much because, you know, I was lucky in my music career to play for some big audiences. There's no doubt. I think the largest audience we played for was 110,000 people. And the funny thing is I never got nervous for any of the shows. One of the rare times in my life, I've felt a little on edge going into a show that didn't, it wasn't even a show. I was sitting in with a local band somewhere at a dive bar. And for me, part of the reason I was nervous is because they all knew my background, where I'd come from, what I'd accomplished, where I was in life. And I felt like everybody was looking at me differently. Like there was a different microscope to every note I played, right? Like different expectation from the minute you walked into the room because you've got this on your resume. You must be great at that. I felt a lot of pressure. Like I had to have a couple of drinks before I started that show. And I'm like, oh, and it took me a second to relax. Just sitting in a dive bar playing with some buddies. I, I think about that on that scale. I can only imagine if you're KD and you walk into that locker room and you know that everybody, not just not just your teammates, not just Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Mercury, like every Everybody in that building, every person that's around basketball operations, every athlete in Phoenix was going to be around KD, and they're going to watch him every time he's on the court because he's in that city now that changes everything. So I, I appreciated his honesty in the moment about what the pressure meant for him. But realistically, if they played that well, night one, when they're still fiddling each other out, when there's butterflies, when there's pressure across the board. All the more reason that my money is on Phoenix at this point to represent the West in the NBA Finals. All right, coming up, what's a bigger concern? Life for the Packers without Aaron Rodgers or life for the Ravens without Lamar Jackson? We'll explain it to you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
1: It's in Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to bring producer extraordinaire Devin in on this and have a little bit of fun doing some bigger concern he'll give us a couple of different scenarios and we decide which concern of those scenarios is bigger. If I summarize that. Uh, yeah. Well, this okay. is the First time we're doing it. trying it out. Exploring the space. Debbie Dev. Uh, is that a? Can we make Debbie Dev a, a nickname? I don't, yeah, sure. <laughs> Dirty I D. I, uh, well, let's not do that one. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, that one. I mean, are you scared? Are you running from him?
4: If you're going to do any, just do the first one. If you're going to have to pick between the two.
1: Oh, my God. Well, I mean, bigger concern. Debbie <laughs> Dev. Dev it, or De- All right. So, okay. It, now that now we've got Devin. Devin's going to give us a uh, will Give us a scenario. We'll decide bigger concern.
4: All right. First up, bigger concern, Harry, Bryce Young's height or weight?
1: I'm going
2: to go with the weight. I'm going to go with the weight. I'm not concerned with this height because we've seen quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, um, also Drew Brees, guys of that height stature, be able to have success in the National Football League. I'm more so on the weight because when you look at guys like, you know, Hassan Reddick, Miles Garrett, and, you know, these pass rushers who can also run very, very well. And the athleticism is, is jumping off the charts. I think that's when it's going to play its toll or take its toll. So I think the weight is more of an issue for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. The weight's the bigger concern. And I'll say because of this, his weight is never going to be better than it is right now. I keep thinking about what he's put his body through to get ready for this moment He's been working with trainers and dietitians with the specific focus of putting on weight just so that he can answer this one question. And what we all know is when you're a little guy that struggles to keep on weight, once you start playing, that weight's going to just shut off. Now maybe he gets the NFL and they help him, you know, maybe maybe, maybe they, they help. Nobody
2: you know. knows better than me. Trust me. That was my issue in the National Football League. I had to gain weight. I had to check in with my weight coaches to make sure I was a proper weight. So I didn't get fined every week. Uh, you're... And when I started to gain weight, it started to take a toll on my lower back. So I wasn't used to it. That's the issue that I hope he doesn't run into trying to put on this weight. Now it's becoming an issue with lower back, but it's lower back and uh, other areas of his body.
1: That's interesting. Cause you're not the only former player. I know that's told me that they had to work with people specifically to try and keep weight on. And once the season starts, that's brutally difficult because yes, you're working is. so hard. So that's all. All the more reason if he weighs in at 195 at the combine, I still wouldn't be surprised if his playing weight in the middle of the season's in the 175-180 range. It's a, it's a huge difference.
4: I agree. All right, next up, Fitz. Bigger concern: life for the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, or life for the Ravens without Lamar Jackson?
1: Oh, life for the Ravens, and I run this one to the podium because frankly, the Packers believe they've got their guy, or at least that's the bill of goods they're selling us now obviously one of the concerns now I guess it depends on how we couch concern. The Ravens don't have a backup option so I don't know what plan B is. However I don't know how the Packers will look if Aaron Rodgers goes to let's say the Jets and wins a Super Bowl next year and then the Packers have Jordan Love and they win six games, right? So like For today, the bigger concern is for the the Ravens because they don't have a backup option. Over the next couple of years, I think there's a lot of pressure on Green Bay to prove that they can maintain. Like, Packers fans forget that they've gone from Favre to Aaron Rodgers. That's not easy to do.
2: I think when I look at the Baltimore Ravens, we have a two-year sample size, a visual of what the Baltimore Ravens look like without Lamar Jackson, right? I, I understand that you know, with Jordan Love, they might not make the playoffs, but guess what? They didn't have Devontae Adams this year, and they didn't make the playoffs when Aaron Rodgers either.
4: That's a strong point. All right, next up, bigger concern, the Celtics having to deal with the Bucks in the Eastern Conference or the Suns having to deal with the Nuggets in the Western Conference, area. What say you?
2: The biggest concern is the Bucs in the Celtics, the Celtics dealing with the Bucs. Um, I think the Phoenix Suns will be able to out- The Denver Nuggets because of the human cheat code and Kevin Durant. Now, you look at the Milwaukee Bucks and how they've been able to play. I think it's 16 straight now because they won last night again. And then they've been able to do it in a multiplicity of different ways. Giannis being out. Chris Middleton being out. Bobby Portis being out. But still, the fort has been held together. Drew Holiday has been uh, remarkable for this team. But also... Wait till Chris, Chris Middleton starts to get going. Wait till Pat Cunnington starts to get his legs up under him and starts knocking down those from everywhere, in which we're accustomed to seeing him do. I think they're deep, top to bottom, and they can rotate guys in and out. And their bench play, the guys that they have coming off the bench, three or four of them are better than a lot of teams starting guys.
1: I love that you brought Pat Connaughton into this. Just a shout-out to our buddy Sean that likes to yell out his name every time he has a good game. <laughs> uh, look, I'm putting my money where my mouth is on this. I have two bets right now in the NBA. One is on the Suns to go to the NBA Finals, and the other is on the Bucs to go to the NBA Finals. So the biggest concern here is definitely the, the Celtics having a deal with Milwaukee because – I think the Bucks are headed to the NBA Finals. That's no no question in my mind. We agree on all of these so far. Like yeah. uh, it, it's us versus Devin, and so far we're winning. I, uh, it's scores, not a competition. Four thousand three hundred and seventy-two to zero.
4: Fitz, I think I know where you're going to land on this next one. Bigger <laughs> concern: LeBron's extended absence or Anthony Davis Anthony Davis's immediate absence for the Lakers.
1: Uh, Anthony Davis's immediate absence, I think, is a bigger concern because you you got at least tread water. And look, I know I lost money last night. Speaking of uh, cash, I I put my money on OKC last night. I lost money. But you know what? I'm confident. Double down on it. Still going against the Lakers in their next game. Like, I don't trust them. So uh, I I think if I just keep betting against the Lakers during this entire loss, I'll end up uh, or the entire time without LeBron, I'll end up making money. That's my my thought on it. Uh, But, yeah, I'm definitely – I think it's a much bigger concern that Anthony Davis isn't in there right now.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis as well. Because like you just mentioned, Fitz, they have to tread water. They have to win these games uh, right now, not later down the line. You do have to win those, but right now is the most important, and right now Anthony Davis
4: is out. Fitz, I thought you were going to say neither. It doesn't matter because you thought the Lakers weren't good to begin with.
0: (laughs) And The Lakers are trash. uh,
4: Let's the last one here. Harry, bigger concern. The Mavs struggles with Kyrie early on, or the Clippers struggles with Russell Westbrook early on? I'm going to go with the
2: Dallas Mavericks. And I think Kyrie Irving, man, may be feeling a little heat because and a little pressure because when you look at him when he left the Cleveland Cavaliers, he went to Boston, it didn't work out. He went to the Brooklyn Nets, it didn't work out. What he doesn't want to happen is him to go to the Dallas Mavericks and it doesn't work out. That would be three teams in a row that Kyrie Irving joined and where things didn't work out in the light of the organization. So Kyrie Irving may be feeling a little pressure right now, so I'm going to go with him.
1: I totally, totally agree with what you just said in concept. But because I want this to be interesting, no, the Clippers are the bigger concern. Why? Because they took on Russell Westbrook, which is essentially like, you know, just asking me to captain the ship as it's trying to keep it afloat. Like this is this is a tandem bike. They got on a tandem bike, and Harry and I get on a tandem bike. He asked me to lead. We're done because I don't know how to ride a bike. All right, Russell Westbrook <laughs> doesn't know how to win basketball games. So you needed somebody to come and help you win, and instead you took on Russell Westbrook. Now you got somebody in there that, that can't help you at all. So uh, yeah, I think that's a bigger concern because the implosion of the Clippers. While we don't, we're not surprised by the implosion of the Clippers ever in history. Is just yet another chapter in the implosion of but Russell guys, Westbrook.
2: But guys, right. Two of the wins came in overtime, and one of them was a double overtime loss. Don't care.
1: Loss is a loss. Loss is a loss. Like, like,
2: come on, Last
1: time I checked, it doesn't say win, loss, and really compelling loss. That's not an extra category. What's your
2: saying? Oh, come on. Oh, come
1: on. Oh, come on. All right. uh, We're going to head out to Indy next. Chat with one of the best in the business evaluating draft prospects. You don't want to miss it. But first, Harry has got to tell you this about Granger.
2: For the ones who get it done. Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and the experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click, Granger.com, or just stop by.
0: Bits and Harry, the podcast. 2023 NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft. Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first
1: pick. Fun fact, I can tell you too. We'll be covering the ESPN draft on digital. Harry Douglas and I will be part of that broadcast. Had 10 million viewers last year. Proud to say this will be the sixth year, I believe, in a row that I've been able to host that broadcast. So you know we're going to get you the best draft content we possibly can on Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and to do that, one of our favorites, one of my favorites, one of the smartest out there, ESPN NFL draft analyst Matt Miller joins us. You can follow him on Twitter, at NFL Draft Scout. Matt, always appreciate your time. Uh, let's start with the Jalen Carter conversation. I know this is difficult, obviously, because lives are more important than anything with the football standpoint. I think we can all agree on that. My question for you, when looking at Jalen Carter, as you've been in Indy and talking to teams and and just researching into this, how what's been the reaction now that we've had some time? Were teams surprised to find this out?
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think you know there's a lot of work that's done throughout the college football season to learn who these players are as people. Uh, This was not something that I had ever heard mentioned in conversation with scouts. Uh, I can tell you there was a a lot of surprise at the timing of this being announced yesterday, about 30 minutes before he was set to speak uh, here at the Combine. So it was was a surprise to me. It was a surprise to everyone I've talked to, guys. It it wasn't something where he hadn't even been named as, as part of that situation. So like you said, first and foremost, it's tragic. You know, two people lost their lives as we move and try to look at the football perspective of it, it's, it's a true wait and see situation. And I think teams are going to be scrambling now to try to find out what happened, you know, what, what was his involvement, if anything, and, and what is, what is his side of it? Uh, he's back here at the combine, our own Adam Schefter reported that. So uh, these interviews are going to become paramount to his draft stock.
2: And I got to ask you, Matt, what, what were your reactions when you seen Nolan Smith speaking of his late teammate?
3: No yeah, Nolan's fantastic. Uh, I was not surprised at how well-spoken he was, at the type of leadership that he displayed, because that's just who he is. Uh, one, of the, one of the great men in this draft class that i had the opportunity to talk to. And so not surprised, you know, uh, I think it's, it's admirable for a young man to show emotion, to show, you know, grief. And it, it is something that's going to be with him for the rest of his life. And, and not just for Nolan Smith, but for uh, everybody associated with this 2022 Georgia football team. You know, it's, it's rocked their lives. And so I, I commend him for, you know, opening up and being honest and, and, you know, kind of speaking his truth about the situation.
1: We're talking to Matt Miller, ESPN NFL draft analyst on Fitz and Harry. So, Matt, one of the things that's crazy over the course of the next few days are how many things are going on, how many people are going to run, how many <laughs> activities there are. Like, what's the one can't-miss guy that you you will drop everything? There's not a phone call you're going to take. Somebody you have to see do his thing at this combine.
3: Oh, man, I got like 20 guys. You only want one? Uh, that's the hard <laughs> part is pick a one. I think Miles Murphy, and he's going to go today. He's a defensive end from Clemson. Six five, two seventy five. The rumors were he was going to run in the four fives, jump over thirty five inches in a vertical, jump over ten feet in a broad jump. To put those numbers in context for people who aren't as nerdy as I am, that's really, really, really good for anyone. It's great for a player who's two hundred seventy five pounds and a, you know, just a, a three down defensive end. So I'm excited to see how he looks out here today on the field.
2: Matt, I know the defensive line coach at Clemson, Nick Easton, he was at, with the Tennessee Titans with me. He coached both Miles Murphy and also Brian Brisey. When you watch Brian Brisey's tape, tape, what do you see from a defensive standpoint?
3: Yeah, Harry, I mean, inconsistency is the hard part. You know, I, I think that's trying to figure out, like, who is he? You know, we've seen flashes over the last three years, this past year, and obviously, like, we're talking about a player who has dealt with off-field tragedy with the death of his sister due to brain cancer. He's dealt with a torn ACL. He's dealt with a kidney infection this year. So, understandably, he did not look like himself this season. So, he is another guy. I want to see him work out. I want to see where the body type is at now versus where it was you know, in in November because he, he looked heavy. He wasn't playing with the same burst that we, we were accustomed to seeing from him. So, it's definitely going to be an event where I just want to see how he handles it from a conditioning perspective as much as anything because Like two years ago, we were talking about a guy who was like a a future top 10 pick. So Mm -hmm. that talent's still there. It's just, you know, hoping that he can get back to it.
1: All right. Obviously, I feel like we're contractually obligated to ask every draft person about the quarterbacks because that's what we all are interested in, especially, you know, my Raiders fan. Matt, I mean, I had to squeeze this in somewhere. Uh, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, there's a lot of opinions on both. Uh, Tell me what separates the two prospects to you.
3: Well, Levis has a lot more experience. I think that's the big thing. Two years as a starter uh, at Kentucky. He was at Penn State before that. He's a little bit of an older prospect. So he's, he's been around the block more. He's seen things, more things. I think with Anthony Richardson, you, you get really excited about the potential because he started 13 games, because he's thrown 400 passes in college, right? So you look at that and say, gosh, where can we take him from his 400th pass to his 600th pass? What type of player can he become? So I think with Levis, you're getting – Uh, great arm strength you're getting a very good athlete but someone who turned the ball over 23 interceptions the last two years someone who at times looks like he's waiting for harry to get wide open down the field not realizing harry now works with the at espn with us so it's like he's got (laughs) to speed everything up you know i think it's it's levis's biggest issue with richardson is quick he processes well he's just got to clean up the footwork so that he can dial in his accuracy
2: now, outside of the top four wide receiver guys, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, Jigba and Zay Flowers, the next three you have is Keyshawn Boutte, Josh Downs, and Jalen Hyatt, who won the Bolitnikoff Award. Of those three guys, who do you think will have be the better pro?
3: I think Jalen Hyatt. I, I'm all in on Jalen Hyatt. I think he's going to work himself into the first-round conversation this week. And also, like, his film was first-round. Let's, let's not get it twisted. He was Bolitnikoff Award winner, right? Pretty good player, so... I think the the 4-2 speed, the vertical stretchability, the hands. You know, we talk a lot about Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnson, both guys with an over 10% drop rate in college. One thing you don't get from Jalen Hyatt is as many drops. There are some, obviously, but not as many. So I I like him a lot. I think he's being slept on right now. But I I bet by Monday a lot more people are talking about Jalen Hyatt.
1: Real quick then, let me take the other side of that because Hendon Hooker is hard to evaluate injured. We're not going to see anything from him. How do scouts figure out who Hendon Hooker can be as a quarterback?
3: I, number one, I love Hendon Hooker. He would be a first-rounder if he hadn't torn his ACL when he did in November. So I love Hendon Hooker. You know, I think you've got you've got the film. You know, you've got what he did at Vodtech. You've got what he did at Tennessee over the last two years. He's a rare deep ball thrower who doesn't turn the ball over, which I love about his game. Like, he can layer it over the top, and he, but he's risk-averse. And he has a great feeling for where to put the football, I know he's older. He just turned 25 in January. I get that, but man, I think Hendy hooker is going to be a starter in the NFL. It might not be 2023 because of the injury, but I think he'll be a starter.
1: As always, Matt, we appreciate your time. Follow him on Twitter at NFL Draft Scout. Check out his work across our draft analysis all over the place. Matt, appreciate you hanging out with us. Enjoy Indy.
3: You
1: bet. Thanks, guys. ESPN NFL draft analyst Matt Miller. Uh, He's somebody – I don't say this lightly. Matt does great work. So get out there. If you want want to read somebody you can trust that's put in the work that has good thoughts on it, uh, Matt is one of those people. I can't suggest him enough. All right, coming up, one of the best stories in the NFL last season was discovered using a new evaluation technique, and it proves the raw numbers don't always tell the full story. It also says something about this year's draft. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
1: It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, serious XM channel lady. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry's dancing in L.A. L.A. in Vegas. I don't know why I said L.A. You're in Vegas. (laughs) Putting on the moves if you're watching us in the ESPN app. That makes me think you're in my town. You went to see Usher last night. How was yes, the show? I
2: did. Yes, I did. And if y'all didn't catch it, that's the, you know, instrumental that's playing right now. Mm-hmm. And specifically to this song right here, Usher brought the strip club to Las Vegas, baby.
1: Not like he really had to work far. Listen, like, it's not a heavy he, lift.
2: He had the the on the stage the pole set up and, you know, the, the young ladies dancing or whatnot. And, you know, we had the other... You know, backup people, throwing money everywhere. It was an amazing show. Like, top to bottom, um, he played Lovers and Friends early. That immediately got me into it. I sung more than my wife did. I didn't think that was going to happen. It was one time she pulled me and told me to sit down, and I looked at her and gave her a look like, don't touch me no more now, like I'm in my zone.
1: Uh, Devin, can we pull up a calendar? And try and count out nine months so that we know when to plan the gender reveal party. No. Is that what we're
4: doing? Right? <laughs> I'm telling I told Harry this the other day. Vegas Harry's different. No. Much oh, yeah. different.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I did just a little bit now. Just a little bit. I mean. But uh, but Usher, man, I got to give him a major shout out because he's been in this business for over three decades. And he brought that up in his show. He was like, man, we have three different decades of people in here singing along enjoying the show and did they show up and show out they as in people no i'm not talking about women y'all stop that i'm married uh, i mean but they showed up and showed out now you decipher who they is but they showed up and showed out it was an amazing show and my wife when we got back to the hotel room yes she was go like, on thank thank you honey like i really <laughs> i really appreciate you taking me to go see usher but it, it was it was pretty dope last night.
1: Well God, it's, it's really incredible when you talk about 30 years in the music business and being able to hit that many generations. I mean uh, kudos to usher being able to do that also reminds me how different my touring experience was because I can't imagine sitting. They spend so much time putting especially the Vegas shows together. It, you're spending months and I can't imagine sitting down with the creative directors and the choreographers and uh, I was the music I was the band leader, and the music director like you're all sitting down and it's like, okay. Guys, got a vision. We're gonna bring out a, a little stripper section here, and we're just gonna, like, I just can't imagine any of that. Like, well, I just well,
2: the the Atlanta theme, right? And like, like back growing up, the the skating rink was big. Like for me, I used to go a lot, and that's where we, you know, teenagers went to hang out. And why am I suddenly picturing Harry
1: teenager. Douglas in like the, the the like roller skates with like the little 80s shorts on, you know, with that's, the that's high what, socks that's, that's with the stripes. That's what we do in Atlanta. Yeah,
2: and he and he had you know a few. Of the acts last night where all of them was on skates, and they were skating around, doing dance moves with skates on, and it was just that Atlanta feel in Las Vegas, and everyone was in tune with it, his DJ was a guy that was from Atlanta, then they they got to the the slow song section, and in Atlanta we used to have this thing called the (laughs) Quiet Storm. Like at the certain time period at nighttime, it goes to the quiet storm. And like they mentioned that in the whole nine, it was just, it was, it was, a, it was a great night, ladies and gentlemen. All I, you,
1: all I can picture is Harry just roller skating backwards in the rink with the top, <laughs> like the really high socks on, like the tiny <laughs> shorts, little wristband, little tank top, and Harry's like, hi.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing back then, Fitz. I promise. That's what we did. Oh, my
1: God. Oh, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt it at all. I just uh, it's for the culture, slightly <laughs> cascade, different cultural upbringing. It
2: was sparkles, and then see my girlfriend in high school. Her grandmother mother owned a skating rink called Golden Glide, which was on the east side of Atlanta. Golden so <laughs> I used to, I used to slide up in there too. You know, used to be ducking my head. Damn, I hope grandma don't see me in here. You know, your boy, your boy vibing.
1: <laughs> I'm just imagining looking at any of my friends in middle school, and being like y'all. Golden sliding after work. Golden <laughs> so
2: Glide. Golden glide. <laughs> golden
1: glide. Golden Glide. Oh, I'm sorry. That's better. Oh, I'm, sorry. That's better. Oh, I'm sorry. That's much better. Saying, hey, hey guys, Half you guys want to go you guys wanna go to the Golden Glide later? Do you think Evan, uh usual producer Extraordinaire, has ever roller skated? Because I can only uh I can only imagine <laughs> Evan. Uh Devin, I don't know, you know, maybe we maybe we have a roller skating uh a team outing.
2: I don't know. I think we have to no. I think we need to do that for real. But can we do it in Atlanta
1: though? Uh oh, like, I mean shh. I'm not sure Atlanta's ready for, like, if you could ever picture Anchorman being lived out in live time, uh, all all of us, like, uh, Harry's walking in, Harry's cool, like, Harry's walking in.
2: Well, first of all, let me say this, like, if we go to Cascade, which is on the west side, I'm walking in there with three white guys, they're going to be looking like, who the hell are they? And who are they with? Guys, they're with me, okay? Relax. They're with me. Wait,
1: like, I got to prove my belonging in a roller skating rink? What are we doing here? Like, I know I don't have a lot of street cred, but, like, what, do I have to have like certain level of street cred to walk in and go roller skating. It's was on the west side, boss. It's okay, that's, side. that's that's uh, I I have I I have nothing. Uh, let's go. He's, into... he's with me. Okay. He's with me. Okay. Y'all yeah. leave him alone. He with me. I'm I'm shook. It. Dave in Minnesota has been hanging on for a minute. Uh, Dave Dave wants to chime in on the Lamar Jackson conversation. Dave, save us from ourselves. Dave, what do you got, buddy? Thanks for calling the show.
0: Lamar Jackson is exciting to watch he's electrifying he's an mvp but fellas you you can't name me one time when a team had an offense that depended just as much on the quarterback's legs or more so than it does his arm that has won a super bowl so that's just not a good recipe and and remember this patrick mahomes yeah sure he uses his legs but what does he use it for? To buy time for his, for him and his receivers, and that's the correct way to do it. And look at the giant step uh, Jalen Hurts made last season; became so much better a pocket passer. Yes, having a um, AJ Brown uh, sure did help. But I- I'm telling you, Baltimore, you you need to. Uh, give Jackson better skilled players because if you stick with the same idea that you're dependent as much on his legs as you are his arm, you're not winning a Super Bowl. Uh, Dave, More thanks than for the, the call. but that's he, a, See,
2: I, I think he's kind of contradicting himself a little bit. He, he's saying, like, they're relying so much on Lamar Jackson's legs, but then at the end he's saying with the, they need to get them better weapons. Well, if they get them better weapons, they won't have to.
1: Also, Jalen Hurts rushed for 15 touchdowns last year. Was that, that – yes. uh, Justin Fields looks like the future of the yards. position. We're, we're talking about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson being drafted high because they run, like – That logic is just no longer the real logic in the NFL. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. The Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together. So you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Always appreciate the calls, though. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Calls everywhere because there's turmoil in Charm City with the Ravens. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio.
2: Skating rink.
0: You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. You can listen to The Guy's live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on the ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.